probably, uh, I probably should open my pop before fucking starting recording. Does anyone want a Zevia? It is Dr. Pepper flavored. Not really. Um, hi. If you recognize the sound of my voice, you probably know that I'm really into bad media. If you don't recognize the sound of my voice, you probably are like, what word did you just say in between into and media? It was bad. B-A-D. I have an ex that you will get used to it. And on YouTube, this shit will be captioned. And if I ever move this to Spotify or Spreaker, I will try my very best. I don't fully understand how those platforms work, but that is a me problem. And I will work to address their problem. Uh, we'll see if they even want me, to be honest. Hi, this is my podcast. I don't know if you guys can hear me. Let me move, the, let me move this a little bit closer. Howdy. Hello. Uh, my name is Mickey Soro. I do this shit now. Uh, this is my podcast, What's Mine is Ours, where I take about an hour and I just force you to listen to me talk about fucking whatever I goddamn want. Because, like, I don't know. What else do you have to do today, really? And also, like, I can keep you company. I can be in your car. You know, you can listen to me while you shower. It's weird, but I will never know. So it's fine. Uh, <laughs> you can, uh, you going for a run? You can't outrun my voice. I'm in your earbuds. But hey, man, you can try. Hey, whatever you want to do, man. You just fucking get high as shit and listen to this. I, uh, God. I don't know if I could handle my own voice high. Not even the fact that it is my own voice. Like, I don't know if I would want to be deliriously high and hear myself. I don't, I don't think I would want to hear this voice high. But hey, man, if that's what you're into, go for it. Um... Fucking have a great time. Rock the house. So, uh, bad media, right? That's what I produce. One day I will win fucking like a Webby or some shit or Golden Raspberry for being fucking the worst podcaster of all time. And maybe it's because I say fuck in literally every sentence. I, you know, I'm a fake Canadian. We, we do that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, whatever, man. <laughs> maybe it's because I say, hey, whatever, man, every other sentence. They don't leave something to do with it. Maybe it's because what I do isn't very, like, aimed. Like, I'm not, like, you know, I just, I talk about what I know, but I don't know anything. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of like, I, I, oh, my aunt is calling me. Excuse me. Okay, sorry. I'm Vic. Hi. Uh, just talking to my aunt on the phone. Figured you guys didn't want to hear that. So, uh, shit, where'd I leave off? Hold on, give me a second. Bad media, right? That's where I left off. Like I was saying, my podcast, bad media, because I am directionless, and I also kind of don't, like, handle it well, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, um, you know, I, I listen to podcasts, but it's like, you know, I, those are people talking about shit that they know, right? And it's what makes it good. They know a lot, and they're entertaining and engaging while they do it. Like, I listen to, like, you know, podcasts by people that have been on RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. I can't do that. I ain't never been on RuPaul's Drag Race. You know what I mean? I listen to podcasts about true crime. Here's the thing. I have been, I almost went to jail uh, a couple months ago, and it's like, I really can't necessarily squeeze like, like a 30 episode podcast out of it. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like a one and done, except it really was. I will do a podcast on that one day, but you know, it'll be an episode in a series of this. This is part of my series. I'm kind of directionless, and I'm not that entertaining or engaging or charismatic. That makes the shit media. I don't care. It's something to do. It's a hobby now. Woo! Um, cool, cool. So, but, you know, bad media. Usually when, when, when we talk about it, people um, think about, like, usually bad movies. You know, bad movies, uh, the, like, a, like a Neil Breen scenario, you know what I mean? Or like a... Yeah, Tommy Wiseau, what's he been up to? Uh, you know, that fucking guy, uh, that used to make the Star Wars. Um, I also don't like Star Wars, but I wouldn't classify it as a bad movie. I'm just, like, not whatever, you know what I mean? Um, you know, fucking, like, Chuck Norris, honestly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, bad movies, they're out there. Bad music? I would not be the one to know, but I know it exists. Um, honestly, I think the one way to improve music in schools other than, like, increasing funding to arts departments would be allow the teachers to bully the kids into leaving. You know what I mean? Because, like, my band teacher definitely tried to bully me into leaving, but also at the same time, I was the only guy on my instrument, and it's like, fuck, we need you, but, like, it shouldn't be you. It's just that everybody else graduated or quit. It's like, hell yeah, man, this is what you got. You got one Barry Six? 
I'd call it a barely six at this point, but, uh, fucking stuck with me. He fucking retired at, like, 30. Straight up. I think after I graduated, he fucking left. He just skipped town. He was just like, I fucking, I have left a trail of just destroyed teachers and professors behind me. And he was one of them. He, I think he fucking lives actually in Canada now. Straight up. I think that's what my mom said. Because, like, I fucking rocked his shit in the absolute worst way possible. Because I sucked that hard. So, if you want to improve music and the arts in schools, give them more funding. Also, if you do give funding to sports, make sure that everyone's like, you know, check your head. That kind of thing. Protect it. You know, no more... No more, uh, like, Aaron Hernandez-style injuries in high school football. You know what I mean? Like, you know, no one needs to, like, get fucking slammed off the fucking ground. But, uh, you know, also kick kids out of band when they, if they absolutely suck at Barry Six. I truly believe that um, I would understand music more if... They had kicked me out of band. I'm glad they didn't, because I needed the art credit. And it didn't kill to have a couple of extracurriculars, you know what I mean? But uh, also, like, I fucking... I'm too dense to learn anything about music, you know what I mean? It's just my brain's not fucking wired that way. And um, it would have been a lot better for everyone else if we had all just kind of said that freely. And then, honestly, I would know more about bad music, because I'd be able to reflect and be like, yeah, I made bad music, and I, I wasn't allowed to get away with it. And XYZ artists shouldn't either, but I can't even think of any. But I know bad music is out there. Um, Ed Sheeran comes to mind, but I think it's just because I really fucking hate that Shape of You song. I hate it. I, I hate it, because, like, I have a very distinct body shape. Uh, the man behind the distinct voice, also distinct body shape. Here we go. Um, so yeah, uh, blah, blah, I, this song just makes my skin crawl, it, like, makes me nauseous, I fucking, I fucking hate it, because I'm like, I, men have said that to me, and it's like, you're not Ed Sheeran, I'm not Ed Sheeran, why are we doing this right now, you know what I mean? Like, you know, your bed sheets are not gonna smell like me, it's all I'm, unless I, like, actively vomit on them, which I am about to, but, like, <laughs> hey man, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not a good, I'm not good at flirting, I don't know if you didn't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that in there um that was me flirting bid movies bid music bid books you know sometimes a bid book is really really bid also sometimes a bid anything is really really bid you know what i mean like um i read a lot of romance novels i know that's exactly what you'd expect from everything you've heard so far uh oh yeah this is this is a guy that'll that'll just curl up with a cushy little like little romance novel and it's like yeah i do okay and you know yeah, I do have my monster in one hand, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, you know, I am probably, like, playing just, like, symphonic metal in the big fucking whatever, man. Like, you know, let me live. Uh, but, like, romance novels, I've noticed some of them are, like, pretty bad, and, like, um, they get published anyway, and people fucking eat it up. And I don't know if it's because, like, I'm not experiencing the world, like, through that lens, you know what I mean? Where, like, I don't know, I don't want to, like, say it outright but sometimes there are very uncomfortable scenes in a romance novel but then like it it's like a plot device to like like the healing arc for the character is supposed to be kind of like it you know you know what i mean which kind of like but i didn't but i feel gross because i just read that scene you know what i mean where it's like i appreciate the the finding comfort in like you know, the main characters being helped through XYZ thing that happened, but it's kind of like, I just, uh, ooh, ooh, I feel gross that I read it. You know what I mean? Uh, it feels weird, man. But, um, or they just don't do that and they just put, you know, they just throw shit at the wall and they're like, it's romance. And it's like, it's not, it's assault. I straight up did read a book. They was like, they once. And I was like, I think I was like in high school and I was like, what the fuck? Um, hey man, you know? Sometimes when you're when you're shopping at Ocean State, high key, I think I bought that book at an Ocean State job lot. And sometimes when you're going through the the romantic history section or historical romance section, sometimes it's hit or miss. And honestly, I'm not I wasn't that great at history because like numbers give me an issue. So probably shouldn't have been shopping in that section anyway. Anyway, bad media, right? We love it or we hate it, but either way, people are talking about it. Fucking, I am right now. I just did for fucking like ten minutes. So, um, but the thing about it is I feel like, and I realized today as I was driving and I was like, I should probably do a podcast. I should probably, <laughs> this wasn't the first time I ever thought of a podcast. 
But, like, I should probably record one just so I got shit to upload. But it's like, you know, what do people, what do people talk about, but also, like, not talk about, you know what I mean? Bad fucking plays, you know, straight up. Because, like, here's the thing. There, I, and I could be wrong. Because, like, I'm not part of the world. I'm not a play, right? I don't act in plays. People want me. Like, if theater could have a restraining order from me, it absolutely would. And I would, I would respect it. I'd be like, yep, you're not wrong. Ouch, but you're not wrong. Um, fucking, like, um, you know, there's not, I feel that it's a little bit different when it comes to the audience for bad plays. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, and I think it also, like, it's most accessible to find a bad movie. It's it's a little harder to find a bad book, I would say. Um, because, like, so where I'm coming from with this is, like, there's a lot of, like, if you go to Sabres, and I do all the time, I don't own a VHS player, I don't own a television, <laughs> but if you go to Savers and you just, like, pick, like, a fucking VHS off the wall, or if you go to a yard sale and they just have, like, a box of VHS and they're just, like, the whole box, one dollar, fucking, there's gonna be trash fucking garbage in the, in the box, or, like, in the, probably in what, in the sleeve of whatever VHS you pick off the wall, because, like, they're, you know, I, um, who talks about this all the time? I think it's RLM. I think it's Red Letter Media. They talk about it all the time. In, like, the 80s and 90s, there was something called the VHS boom. So when those big fucking over-the-shoulder, like, camcorders came out, it was a lot easier for people to make and produce films on VHS. And films is kind of a loose term because, like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, it was just a lot of people just committed just absolute fucking shit to camera. And, like, it could be, it could easily be misproduced, it could easily be made, all you need it is, like, the tiniest amount of lighting, and, like, somebody that's like, yeah, I'll fucking sling this shit over my shoulder, let's fucking get it on. And just, like, you, you know, suddenly everyone's, like, making a kung fu film, you know what I mean? Or suddenly everyone's, like, trying to do a superhero thing, or, like, everyone's doing, like, you know cop that's been thrown off the force gets back into it to avenge the death of his wife you know something like that um but like because it, it was accessible everybody could make it so in in retrospect now we have a lot of shit vhs just laying around not me like i said i don't own a vhs player or a television but like the odds are you will find one somewhere and you know sometimes it's fucking gold you know it's, and also if a movie does if uh, something that was originally committed to film or to to vhs or like even like a film reel like old 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 if the even if it's terrible if it gets enough of a following it will be reproduced in some medium like it will find its way to youtube or it will even get a re-release um so something like um uh like uh so they that fucking thing, the the fucking film about like, well, the animals getting electrocuted, like that was something that was committed to film reel. Now it's fucking infamous, and you can just find it on YouTube. It's just like I think it was the execution of Topsy the Elephant. I'm pretty sure I've seen it on YouTube, and it's like it's there because like, fucking, even though it's like terrible, <laughs> um, it's like it's it's out there because enough people were interested in it where it effectively got re-released onto youtube or something along the lines of like troll 2 you know or like um like i own uh santa claus versus the martians on um on dvd like these are things you can get on dvd now because enough people have been like that's shit and i want to laugh at it where like it's pushed some things into a re-release so like you can get a copy of troll 2 you know you can oh yeah it's Santa Claus conquers the Martians. I'm sorry. You can get one of those on DVD, like that kind of thing. Um, like you can, you can fucking buy the room is a little newer, but like you can fucking buy the room, which is like not something they've got. Like maybe like it, you know, Paramount's not fucking picking it up, but like somebody does, like a, a, like an Asylum or a Vinegar Syndrome or that sort of those kinds of you know what I mean. Like those are all like they'll just pump shit out, like, hey, man, whatever, like, Blumhouse, a little bit, to some extent, is, like, well, we'll just, we'll just pump anything in, what do you got, hell yeah, <laughs> like, that kind of thing, so, um, like I said, huge market for, for, for shit films, especially, 
um, a lot of fans of their genre. They're something that I love. That's how I know all those fucking references. Um, but definitely, like, something like shit books is kind of, like, I'm sure there are circles of it that I'm just not a part of, but also, like, if a book is infamous enough, in some cases, it will also be pushed to more print. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's kind of like, um, like the, 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 something like, um, oh, fuck, what's the name of it? Irreversible Damage. Terrible fucking book. Irreversibly damaging to the trans community, like, straight up. Because it's like, someone just, like, wrote an entire book against, like, FTM and transmasculine people. They were just like, I think the concept of this sucks, actually. And it's like, cool. That's not, well, not cool. Because that's not really a concept. It's people's lived experiences. And somehow you published a whole fucking book about, like, I don't like these types of people, actually, and I think they shouldn't exist, so let me tell you about why they don't. And it's like, but it's become so infamous that, like, it's been, it's out there. It's, like, super out there. Like, it's created its own supply and demand by being so controversial and so infamous, and it's like, it's shit media, but you can find it. But, like, something along the lines of, like, a play, I feel like it's very difficult to find shit media when it comes to a play, because there's so many more, like, players, unironically, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, involved, you know, what I, you know what I'm trying to say, so it's like, when, once it's on film, once it's on a VHS, shit media is there, once it's committed to print, shit media is there, it's a little bit trickier with a play, because there's not as much of an audience, because first of all, the audience doesn't want to see it, so it's like, there's no reason for these plays to, like, shit plays aren't being put on the way that we watch bad movies or we read bad books and we laugh at them, like when people laugh at the Onesian books and that kind of shit. Like, pe people aren't like, because there's so much effort, whereas as opposed to it's like, we're watching this film that was filmed in the 80s, many of the actors, I mean, they're not here, you know what I mean? So, like, watching shit film, reviewing shit book, seeing shit play has so many more parts associated with it. Like, there's more moving parts where it's like, you need a pit, you know what I mean? Or like, if it's a musical, or you need actors, you need ticket sales to be worth putting on this play and buying the rights to. And if it's something bad that an audience isn't going to want to come see live, then it's kind of like, so no, <laughs> like straight up no, you know what I mean? And it's like, if it's a, you know, um, even just, like, the reproduction of a bid manuscript for a play, I feel like is a little bit more difficult than finding a reproduction of a bid movie or a bid book, where it's, like, there's audiences for those, ironically and non-ironically. But with a, the reproduction of a play, like, plays are committed to print so that people can use them as a theater, and then also for educational purposes. And if a play is bad enough, like, I had to take a, a course on Shakespeare in college. You know what I didn't have to fucking take a course on? Fucking Moose Murders, or like, which I looked up and is considered the worst play of all time. So you can you can walk into a Barnes & Noble and you can fucking be like Shakespeare, and they're like, yeah, it's the entire big section. But if I go in and I'm like, Moose Murders? They're like, why? <laughs> what is that? Are you travel guide to Canada? Are you like a big game hunter? And it's like, I don't know. I'm not saying that it's necessarily super, super easy to find shit media, um, especially, you know, now there's, like, some books are out of print, so you might have to pay a lot of money for it, or for things that haven't been ripped from VHS yet, it might be a little difficult to find a working VHS tape, and then also, do you own something to play it with, or to convert it to digital? I don't fucking know all the specifics of that, I'm just saying, like, no one ever fucking talks about plays, you know what I mean? So, today, I figured we might talk a little bit about bad plays. And I probably should preface, like, I kinda, sorta, to some extent, know about good plays. I've been in some plays. I think I was, I've been in, like, three plays in my life. No, I wasn't good. But, you know, it's fine. Um, I, I was, <laughs> I auditioned for Into the Woods in high school. I auditioned for a non-speaking role, but... I have something about just my presence. They were like, I don't, uh, we'll get someone else to play the cow. You're fine. It's fine. Um, I was in an abridged version of Anything Goes. Uh, I was in the pit, but it was kind of a funny one because the, the, the lead actress playing the villain, they had her wear a red wig and I dyed red hair at the time. And they had her speak with um, kind of like a New York accent. I think the, it's, it takes place on like a cruise ship or some shit. 
Um, I think they, like, were docked in New York. Fucking, I don't know. Or it was, like, a transatlantic thing. I don't really know. I'm, you know, trans and from the Atlantic area, but that doesn't mean I know anything. You know what I mean? So, um, my fucking grandparents, they came to see it, and when it was over, they were like, we didn't know you could sing like that. And I was like, oh, I... It wasn't me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I have an accent. Yeah, I have red hair. But, like, I was playing the saxophone. I was nowhere near the the, the meat and potatoes of this operation. You know what I mean? Um, fucking, I've seen a few plays on Netflix. I've seen some musicals. I saw Hairspray, the musical, the movie. I thought it was pretty good. I, you know, it was something with some of the casting choices. I think just John Travolta is, like, a whole... It's something about the Scientology thing where I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, anytime I see him on screen, exclusively excluding Face Off, which is a terrible movie, I'm like, oh, the Scientology, though. Watching Face Off, I'm like, oh, the Scientology, but also he took his face off. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. They, 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 yeah. No one in, in Hairspray lost their face. So, there was kind of, like, good. Um, but also, like, because they would have taken it to a weird place where it didn't need to go. And then it's also, like, to what extent do you want to be doing the practical effects for this when you do a live action performance of this anyway? So, but I don't know. It just wasn't face off. <laughs> it was, it was better. Okay. Before people are like, you're the worst person of all time. And I'm like, I am, but like, listen, I understand what, what kind of vehicle face off was. Don't come for me. Um, fucking, I seen rent, um, on Netflix. Uh, yeah, I saw a rent. I don't really remember it. I remember really, really being into it at the time because, um, like, I don't remember the specifics of it. Obviously, I remember the AIDS thing, um, which I did not did not say that well at all. But um, at the time that I watched it, I hit, I was um, honestly also having an HIV scare of my own. So I was kind of like, I don't know, I just kind of like, it made sense. You know, like, it makes sense. It's a it's a competent musical it, and it was very important at the time and it's still important and like you know yeah it's groundbreaking to fucking like be able to like talk about that shit through through musicals you know what i mean like musicals have always i like musicals and plays as a platform for talking about really serious topics so i did it would and i'm a comedian so when i say that <laughs> either take it serious or hear it as a joke but i mean it's serious but my voice is always jokey so i get it but um i thought that was really a really cool way of like just telling that story and at the time it really meant a lot to me and it still does i just haven't seen it in a million years and i don't remember the words to the songs but you know i think that one was chill as hell um what other musicals or plays do i know of speaking of really serious topics um i read the odd couple i remember i took a theater course in high school i had to read a play and like report back on it or whatever i don't know i chose the odd couple because i knew the the television series r.i.p jake klugman by the way and i believe the other actor did he pass away now i have to look it up um i think jake klugman might have been a while ago but let's see odd couple tony randall he's still with us right is felix Oh, he died uh 2004. Oh, R.I.P. Tony Randall as well. Um, oh man, yeah, this show's from. I don't know if you guys even know what I'm talking about. This show is from forever ago. Just straight up. Let's see what the uh with the with the run dates were. Um, seven point nine to ten stars. Oh, come on. Okay, it aired from 1970. Um, uh, yeah, it just says it's, it started airing in 1970, 1970 to 1975. Okay. So the odd couple is a television show that aired from 1970 to 1975, but it was based on a play by Paul Simon. That's not right. Not Paul Simon. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who fucking wrote the odd couple? Okay. Uh, shit. Okay, let's try this again. Odd couple. Blah, blah, blah. Spelled couple wrong. It's fine. It's like Neil si somebody who wrote this. It's based on a play. Is um is what I'm trying to say. But uh, so I read the the and the show is like goofy as shit. But like I read the the play. Um. Neil Simon, yeah, fucking I knew that. I think I said Neil Breen, but I, I meant Neil Simon. 
and we all know that I meant it. Um, so it's based on a play. And the play isn't, like, super dark, but I do remember that in one of the first scenes, Felix's partner leaves him, I believe. And so he goes to move in with his friend, Oscar. It's his name. I think the whole time that I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't interpret, I didn't remember any of his fucking names. Um, but, um, so in one of the first scenes in the play, he, I think he tries to jump out a window and kill himself. And it's a comedy play. And Neil Simon was a comedy writer, I believe. So I just remember they really being really striking for me where I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, first of all, I did not get that from the television adaptation of it. Um, but also like, I thought it was, that was like one of the first times I had seen like suicide in a play. You know what I mean? And I know it's out there because fucking like Oedipus, you know what I mean? I, he, you know, the, the, the graphic self-harm of scratching in his own eyes. Also. They play weird. I'm just gonna say that if you don't know what they play is about, uh, how do I explain this nice? Well, I, I will actually get to that because it's gonna come up later. But um, yeah, just like I don't know. There's something always really striking for me about when a, a play or a musical or a movie, honestly, like handles something like that well, and also maybe in a comedic way, like the like because it's a comedy play, not Oedipus, not remotely Oedipus, the odd couple, where I was like, that's kind of dark, but it's cool that they include it. You know what? Not like cool, but it's like, I was like, oh, that's like really human for like, honestly, a, a cartoonish pair. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just something about it. Something about like the way that sometimes shit is handled that I'm just like, kind of also like, honestly, oh, fuck, what's the the Willie Loman play? Death of a Salesman. I genuinely really love Death of a Salesman. It's been forever since I read it, but just something about like, I don't know, there's almost like, it's, not to get like too like esoteric or whatever, or like not esoteric, but like not to hit feelings on me, straight up, but just like something about like the faith that like, a character, if for, if, hey man, if you're in high school and you're listening to this, uh Willie Loman dies at the end. Straight up. Now you don't have to do your reading. Um he he commits suicide. Um I don't know. And even though it's like obviously like it's not the characters. Like it's the characters, it's not the person playing it. I don't know. There's just something about like date experience of like you know, when you watch a movie at home, like on Netflix, it's like, oh okay, yeah, I it's sad and like things can be ex explained well and done well, unless it's like 13 reasons why in which case it's done like shit um from what i've heard i don't have i don't have the stomach to watch it but um like some i don't know there's just something about like the vulnerability of putting it to page and then bringing it to the stage and then performing that in front of a large group of people i don't know i'm a failed it's just something about like everyone in the room is kind of like oh you know what i mean because like it's so taboo not you know what i mean where it's kind of like i don't know just like Taboo in your face. Hey, man, we're going to talk about suicide real quick in this play. It's like, whoa. Hell yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't know. I'm not explaining this good at all, which is why I don't know a, a single fucking thing about good plays. <laughs> I know bad plays. Um, and I'm going to talk to you about bad plays. First of all, I'm a failed play writer myself. I think I've mentioned this on TikTok in a very, very, very old video. Um, I briefly considered writing musicals um i had a friend that like she told me i she showed out jillian first of all and brett because brother and sister showed out if you're listening to this um love you guys but um so she told me about book of mormon and like i i i ain't never seen it like i but like i just remembered this one time i was like if you don't know anything about greek orthodoxy I was trapped in an Easter service. So Greek Orthodoxy, they they simulate the resurrection of Jesus coming out of the almost of womb, out of the tomb. Second resurrection. Yeah, I guess I guess birth is a is nope, not gonna finish the sentence. It's not a resurrection, but it's also not an erection. It's just being born. You know what I mean? Um so but in orthodoxy they do this thing where they shut out all the lights and he has to be fucking at midnight before easter and then everybody lights a candle and someone inevitably paces out because they hold the candle too close to their face and we have to prance around the parking lot and like 
do whatever and then jesus is there and and then there's a dome in the ceiling and the light comes in the dome because all greek buildings you have to have a i don't fucking know i don't know it's all greek to me straight up literally do not speak the language but i remember i was sitting there during one easter service and i was like i could book of mormon this not knowing what book of mormon technically is not knowing anything about it straight up just knowing that mormons do not like native americans which is very very bad of them I was like, I think I, I think, I think I vaguely understand the fact that Book of Mormon is a parody of the Mormon religion. I could probably do that for Greek Orthodoxy. And I like workshopped it and I, I tried and it just, you know, cause I also like, my family wasn't ever that Orthodox, you know what I mean? Which luckily, you know, is a bisexual. <laughs> hey man. Also like, is somebody born into a female body? This all works out great for me that they weren't the most orthodox like the orthodox church straight up believes that anal sex creates gay babies so it's a good thing we're not that 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 into it you know what i mean but like i also don't know enough about music or musicals or uh the greek orthodox church where i could ever bring that to fruition but it's not really i could try and so fucking i tried to write that and gave up on that fucking i tried to write i got really into the book choke by chuck pihelenik um the same author that did fight club but we don't talk about that (laughs) um and, like, there was a movie adaptation of it, and I didn't super like the movie, but I saw the movie, and I was like, it's fine. Yeah, it's, like, okay. It's not, like, the best movie, you know what I mean? And I was like, honestly, this would translate really well to a musical. And I was like, I'll just fucking write the musical, and then I'll just chuck the heel and eek for it later. And then, you know what? I never did because I tried to write the musical, and it sucked balls. It was absolutely terrible. And I was like, whatever. I was like into it. I think I, I was going through a time in my life where I really needed something to do. You know what I mean? Because like I was not doing super great. And I was like, fuck it. We ball. We write musicals. And it's like, no, no, no. We don't actually. We can ball. Bowling is fine. But the musicals we're writing suck balls. And you need to stop. So I stopped. But uh, some people, it would appear, have not stopped writing plays and musicals. And that's what I wanted to talk about today, because like I said, nobody ever fucking talks about bad plays. And then I was like, well, why don't I talk about it in my podcast? And I looked up worst plays, and first of all, they brings you to football. And I was like, I don't I don't care. You know what? I was in pet band in high school, fucking I did my time with football. Ball comes at my feet, I don't give a shit anymore. You know what I mean? Um But if you look up worst place theater, the first result is something called moose murder straight up like before like a, a witch mojo video or before like wikipedia article list of plays considered the worst or before like fucking i don't know like just like a, I, don't, I don't know like a the screen rant or a, like a rotten tomatoes or anything like that it's the wikipedia entry for something called moose murders which apparently is notorious for its awfulness according to wikipedia straight up first line and it was it was uh, produced in 1983. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that they did blow and then thought about this, but like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, I, I it was the 80s. It was you know I I wasn't there in the 80s, but um, and I, it's good because I might have seen this and I I wouldn't have wanted to. So basically, this play. I'm not going to get super into it also because Wikipedia doesn't get super into it. Uh, but basically what happens is it's a, it's a farcical murder mystery, but I think the way that it's written, the audience knows who's committing the murder. So it's kind of not really a mystery, right? Cause it's not how mysteries work, but um, basically a family goes to a lodge in the Adirond- Adirondack mountains, sorry. And they, um, Basically, a bunch of people got fucking get fucking killed, like, and then also somebody does do an Oedipus thing. And I don't think it was an intentional callback to Oedipus. I think kind of along the lines of where the writing was going here was they do have, they kind of, I don't know how to explain this very good. Um, So they have a character that um, I guess like right before they get to the lodge and i don't think they explain it at all they're just like they're basically like this character has an acquired brain injury that it has left them in a critical medical condition 
and we're actually gonna, that's the funny thing about their character. So already that's like, right off the bat, it's like, ugh, you know what I mean? Because first of all, the, the way that they present it, the character, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't know, I feel like you, you, you really can't use that one for laughs, you know what I mean? And then also, like, the, 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 the way that they do it later, or the way that they bring that back around later, is that it turns out that the character was faking, like, being in a critical medical state. So, like, I don't... I don't know about that, you know what I mean? Like, that's not good. That's not at all good. So, but, like, that's, like, their... That's, like, the level of, like... I think they they were going for, like, shock value. Um, but, like, they... I don't know. The only two things they could think of is... What if this person actually didn't have an ABI? And then also... What if this guy fucks his mom? It's, like, I'm... I don't know, man. First of all, it's been done in plays before. I don't think it was an intentional reference to Oedipus, like I said, but, like, I don't know. Uh, here we are, man. And then also, like, uh, I, uh, something just rubs me the wrong way about the, uh, so I used to work with people that, um, I used to work, I, I do work in dementia care. Um, I used to work in, in a dementia care home with people that were, um, alive, but, like, they they did not move and they uh did not there was no physical like response you know what i mean like i think the medical term that they used for that particular um experience was catatonia um i'm not sure if that is the way that this character is written i'm not sure if it's supposed to be their experience they do later refer to this character as being a paraplegic so but either way like the the butt of the joke it's it's pretty not great to like the disabled community to be like they were faking catatonia the whole time or they were faking paraplegia the whole time like you know what i mean like i don't know and then it's like they they stand up this and they they kick someone dressed as a mooch a mooch is a moose in the crutch until they die and it's like you wrote the whole play around this punchline that isn't even good and doesn't even make sense and actually like is pretty fucked up for, like, the disabled community, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, man, uh, so it's probably why it's the worst, the worst, uh, play of all time, because, like, I, I, I don't know, They're just bad, just very bad, like, I don't know, and it's, like, also, like, even taking away, like, using, like, somebody being paralyzed is a punchline, you know what I mean? Like, somebody, like, a paralyzed person is a punchline, or taking away, like, even if, like, the, the scene where the, the guy tries to fuck his mom just, like, doesn't happen. Like, it's something about, like, you need, it, like, I don't know. I was just thinking about, because, like, it seems like from what the it says on the Wikipedia blurb, it kind of seems like that they tried to be, like, oh, it's a comedy because you know people, you know who's committing the murders, but the people in-universe don't. And it's kind of like, that doesn't inherently make something a comedy. Like, I was thinking about it because, like, there's a lot of horror movies where it's like, you know who's the killer, other people don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, uh, basically, honestly, any horror movie. You know what I mean? Kind of like, uh, where it's like, we see the killer. They do not, like, uh, oh, fuck, what's the one in the high school? Fucking, they, we know, we see the killer, they don't. Or, like, anything where the killer is masked, or, like, or it's, like, uh, like, um, you know what I mean? Kind of, like, where it's, like, the killer's wearing a specific outfit, or it's, like, a GLO thing, or I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is, like, the, you know, like, those are we don't classify those as comedies. We have the, the baseline understanding of, like, we're gonna write a plot where the audience can see the killer, the people in the universe have to figure out who it is and then from that you add elements to make it whatever genre you're going for so like if it's a horror thing you do sfx or practical effects or like jump scares or i don't know you add like an element of like satanic worship to it like fucking i don't know and then like if you want to go comedy with it like you have to go comedy with it like you have to write jokes but you can't rely on the fact that like you can't just be like well we put we put, you know, a, 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 a character in, like, critical medical condition in. Ah, funny. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a joke. Like, if you want this to be paced off as a comedy, like, you have to actually try. You can't be like, this guy fucks his mom, and then also a character, like, 
he has a very severe ABI. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you have to, if you want this to be a farce, you have to make it funny. But they didn't. So that is why, um, that is why this is one of the worst plays of all time. So there we go. That's one of those. And then I got a couple other, um, there's a couple other shit that comes up when you look at this. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, it's just kind of like, um, uh, so like one of the things that comes up next is something called like the human comedy. So let's see what they'd about. I didn't, I didn't proofread this one. Telegram messages, print the scores. Oh boy. Okay. World War II. Um, so it's a coming of age thing during World War II. Um, it's a folk musical. That's kind of cool. Um, but like, oh, but there's no dialogue. Okay. That's grating as shit. Like, I'm sure this is one of those things where it's like, it originated something in the genre or it like broke new ground or something, but it's like, that's so fucking grating. Like, oh, what's the, oh, this movie was fucking nauseating. Um. Okay, I can't remember the name of it, but there was, like, a movie where, like, I remember, I saw it, I remember it coming out, I was actually kind of excited for it, because, well, the previews were, like, something about, like, this movie's gonna change filmmaking, because it's a character wakes up as a cyborg, and the whole thing is shot first person, so you're the cyborg, and you go through, like, all these epic stunts and whatever, and it's, like, does it does it really, like, break new ground or redefine filmmaking if it's not good? Like, <laughs> it was good. Like, the SFX were really cool. Um, it was chill as hell, but it's just, like, at some point, it's, like, nauseating to be in the first person of a cyborg doing, like, fucking flips and shit, just flipping around, fucking shooting people. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. It was weird. But this is kind of the same idea where I'm, like, I can see why people would call this a flop, which is what it says in the Wikipedia article. Because from what it sounds like, it, you know, it's in, it's a, it's an important story, probably. It's, you know, World War II. It's definitely an important story. It seems like this actually doesn't have anything to do with the war. It's just happening in the background. Like, you know what I mean? Also, World War II was real. I, di I didn't mean stories in, like, that's an important work of fiction. I meant stories in, like, that's an important part of history to tell. Um, it's just kind of happening in the background of this musical, but it's fine. But the fact that there's no dialogue is so fucking grating. You know, it's like, speak a little bit. Also, the poor actors, like, you gotta sing the whole fucking time, and it's like, music is hard, and I don't fucking know the words to anything, and I feel bad for all of you. Um, so, let's see what else we got. I did also look up, uh, where'd I put it? So I got a list of the worst, the 25 worst Broadway musicals of the millennium from timeout.com. I don't know if they're good or bad. I don't know if reading this is going to put me in a timeout. I don't know. Uh, so I'm just kind of, let's see. I'm just looking for anything that catches my eye. Oh, man. Oh, wait, is this this millennium? Like, oh. <gasps> Oh my god, this is 2000 to now. Holy shit. Okay, uh, I did not know that. Urban Cowboy. Oh, man. Okay. A Texas honky-tonk with a mechanical bull uh, was the main setting for this country on Western rom-com, but a woman uh, who has to choose between ex-con and a hard-working good old boy. See, um... This is another thing where I, I do think that, like, the way that you write it matters. That would be... Like, if there was a Coen Brothers movie, straight up, if there was a Coen Brothers movie, that would slip. I would watch the shit out of that. Because, like, there would be something where it could be like, and I know that's, like, film bro of me. I would not watch it if Quentin Tarantino made it, because I don't drool over feet. You know what I mean? I don't even like, I don't even like looking at my own feet. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I look at them and I'm like, oh, hmm, why do I only look good in Converse? You know what I mean? Um... <laughs> But, uh, and it's disappointing, but like, that's something that like, if you do it in a dark way, it, I think they could be really good, but I don't know, like if you, if it's a dark comedy, hell fucking yeah. If they're playing it straight, which it looks like they are, it's not like romantic, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, 
if you do it as like like a small town like introspective like dark comedy with like these weird kind of like quirky characters that have like a little everyone's got like a little pain or fucking whatever hell yeah if you're doing it straightforward guy meets girl like and there's a mechanical bull there and it's not played for laughs i don't know man but <laughs> I, I it was 2003 you know what did, what did we really have going on there oh man in 2004 they hate dracula which says hoping to reproduce the success of his awful but long-running jekyll and hyde jekyll jekyll hyde jekyll hyde hyde jekyll showed pbs kids composer frank wildhorn returned to broadway with a synth-heavy ultra-bombastic musical fright fest that hit critics running for the rhetorical garlic well i like it okay i like synths i like synths a lot uh, something about that reminds me of i don't it's just reading it. I know it's not, but also I know that a lot of times, um, like vampire media is very sexualized, and for some reason it reminds me of the remake, the the synth heavy remake of of the Bram Stoker thing. Just makes me think of fucking somebody in college fucking told me about there was this porno that was like um the Wizard of Oz, but it was like synth music and also triple X, and it just makes me think of it. And it's like, yeah, I understand why like basic theater goers wouldn't like that. I don't think I'd be comfortable watching it, but I'm comfortable with its existence. You know what I mean? Where it's like Dracula gets up on stage, maybe he's naked, maybe he erotically bites somebody, maybe somebody's got a key tire in the pit. You know what I mean? Like I was the Barry Six in the pit. I was the most useful, useless, I'm sorry, fucking person in the entire world. Fucking, I want Kitars, I want blood, I want Dracula, I want people to have their, you know, I don't really want to see your tits, but if they're there, hey man, it's just the vampire life, you know what I mean? Hell fucking yeah, go for it. Um, uh, oh, let's see what we got. Oh no. Okay. More uh good vibrations. More than thirty Beach Boy songs were crammed into the story about a geeky high school graduate and her three friends on a cross country sojourn to California for surfing and romance. I don't know. So the thing is, jukebox musicals, kinda like any musical, honestly, are pretty hit or miss. And it really depends on the number of times you view it. Also, I feel like thirty songs that's tiring that's up there with the other one where it's like that's grating like that's hardcore henry fucking that's the name of it this is the hardcore henry of musicals <laughs> 30 songs and it's all it's all the beach boys um i'm not gonna lie like back when i was thinking i was writing musicals i genuinely like thought i was gonna do i was really into wall of voodoo at the time and like high key i still am but like because like you know they uh the song you would probably know from them is mexican radio um but like um did they have another hit was Farsight of crazy was it one they got out there let's see uh it's one of the first ones i knew but uh so anyway i definitely was like inspired to like to fucking you know i was like you know why not you know why not do why would they not be a jukebox musical like, it's because it's it's atmospheric, it's spaghetti western music, so it's, like, it's atmospheric in a way where it's, like, you could do, like, an Italian take on American westerns to this music, ironically. The thing is, I, you know, I'm Italian, but I'm not that Italian. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I said the word giallo earlier. I don't think, I don't think I, I don't think that, I don't think I belong here. Yeah, Farsight of Crazy, they did Ring of Fire, um... Quill of the West was their big album. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. They did also cover the Beach Boys. Um, so I was definitely like, oh, I can make this happen. And then it's like, no, nah, I, I can't make this happen. Because honestly, probably a jukebox musical is very difficult to pull off. Um, and I don't know. This one, I just, it's a lot of surfing. You know what I mean? And I don't know, something about, uh, I feel like it was probably meant to be kind of, you know, saw a copy, kind of, woo, it, ugh, weird, um, oh boy, oh no, okay, uh, Lennon, the musical, uh, opened 2005, a, a nine-member cast, um, 
I don't know. It's, it says that somehow it was intrinsically connected to the war in Iraq. Like, this music, I don't know. It's like, you know, the timing fits, but it's like, somehow, I don't know, because Lenin was shot not any time during the Iraq War, right? So it's kind of like, first of all, I don't know if they even bring up the shooting in the musical, but it's 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 interesting that they, they tied it all together. I think it was probably something along the lines of, like, the Iraq War happening, and they're like, but imagine all the people. And it's like, yeah, imagine all the people. It's just like, I feel like we don't need to do a John Lennon musical about this. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, hey, man, who am I to criticize art? I say as I criticize art. You know how I am. This is how I am. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, so this is called In My Life. Again, this uh, just reading the synopsis, I think this is very important. I think they probably do not handle it great. Uh, Joseph Brooks was best known for the Treachy, Treachly, Treachly, Pot Ballad, You Light Up My Life, when he wrote, directed, and produced this gobsmacker about a young man with Tourette syndrome and a brain tumor. And the show's takeaway number, a campy angel saying, there's a little rumor, someone's got a tumor, and then danced with a skeleton. Oh, man. See, this is another thing where it's like, if it's somebody's personal story and it's being handled with care, you can fully, you can, you can do it for laughs if it's your own personal story, you know what I mean? But like, if it's just like, a point in life at that man, he's got a brain tumor, and then also, you know, point in life at the concept of Tourette's, like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, mm, something tells me, 2005, something, uh, there's a little rumor someone's got a tumor, and it's not billed as a dark comedy musical, and probably not handled with the most sensitivity, something tells me this was not done well, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't know, I think, because, it sounds like they're using like the Tourette's thing is like a butt of a joke or like the, 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 somebody's got it too. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just a whole musical of just jokes that are not hitting it. Like other people's exp I don't know, man. They're not good. Um, uh, uh, trying to see if I recognize any of these. Uh, let's see. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a Spider-Man musical. I'm texting me to my sister. She fucking loves Spider-Man. Um, Wonderland, the musical. Hey, man. If it wasn't, if it didn't have fucking Curly from, and like Metro Station on the soundtrack, I don't care. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. Okay, so this is interesting. On a clear day, you can see forever. The 1965 version of this musical was a famous mess about extrasensory perception, paced lives in a kooky yield with a magical green thump. It's 1965. You know, everyone's smoking the best weed. Not the best, but it's there. You know what I mean? Fucking, and the weed then was good enough to make this probably make sense to somebody in the audience. Um, the 2011 revisal, rewritten extensively enough to be considered a new show with an old score, made it even murkier. The reviews read, it was broke, but they, they sure ain't fixed it. Oh, man. The famously flawed 1965 Burden Lane, Alan J. Lerner romantic comedy has been reincarnated into a clunky board that switches time periods and gender, then starts a uh, gay subplot. Hey, good for them. And turns its, its putative hero into a creepy, manipulative sucker. It's not good. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> oh man, I, I like the gay subplot. I like, I'm all for switching the genders. It's just like, I can see where maybe like, this is something where it's like, it would make more sense in the time and it didn't even make sense in the time where it's like, you know, it's the sixties, but now it's like, oh, you know, it's 2011. What, what's, what are you doing? I don't know, man. The next one on the list is Scandalous. Morning Talk Show host Kathy Lee Gifford penned the book lyrics and some music for this manic, grating, painian, paean, P-A-E-A-N, sure, to the life and work of controversial Hollywood spiritual leader Amy Semple McPherson. <laughs> oh, man, I kind of want to see this one. It says it's got camp, it's kitsch, it's middle brow, it's kind of immoral, it's not good. Love it. 
they absolutely love it. And it was released in November. And hey, man, so was I. So it's it's the way it goes. It's uh nothing good comes out of November, you know what I mean? Uh yeah, I don't know about this one. Uh Dr. Zavigo? Uh I know it's a book. I've heard of it. The book sounds pretty serious. Because it's like he was a doctor in the first world war. You know what I mean? And then they kind of turned it into a rom-com thing in the musical. Music can, you know, music can bring people together. And, like, love is real. And, like, I'm not saying that, like, nobody fell in love during World War One. It's just kind of like World War One. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you kind of can't, it, the whole world was at war. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, write around it necessarily. Like, it's, it's there. It's happening. You know what I mean? But no, he's got to go. It's got to go full in love. I mean, I, you know, I don't mean that critically, but it seems, it, from what they've written here, it's, it seems kind of like they didn't do it good. You know what I mean? Where They made it kind of cheesy, kind of like a little too rom-com with it, where it's like, hello, the world's cold. It's at war. You know what I mean? Um, I'm also not like pro-war, just so people know. I'm just like pro-acknowledging war has happened at least once. I think that's a good stance to take. Um, uh, oh, let's see what we got. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical. Don't like that. Just wasn't a big fan of that movie. Gene Simmons? Gene Wilder? He's hot. Uh, uh, Young Frankenstein. Hell fucking yeah. King Kong, the musical, uh, they, were, they used an, an impressive 200-foot, 2,000-pound animatronic puppet, 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 which now I need to look up. And I know that uh, you guys won't be able to see it, but uh, <laughs> I will, <laughs> and it's what matters. Okay, you know what? Honestly, it's fucking incredible, but I can also see why... Like, it's fucking huge. And, like, it looks really good. And there's also a snake puppet that it fights, which is also fucking huge, and also looks really good. And it is being, it's it's being pulled around by tech people, by people, like, hiding in the background with strings. It's incredible. But I will also say, if, like, the writing, or the, if the adaptation of the King Kong story to stage is clunky, like... You know, at some point, the fact that you have two giantest puppets isn't going to save what you're doing. You know what I mean? Or it's kind of like, the puppets are cool, but, like, if it sucks, it sucks. Like, you know, like, if, you know, Sesame Street, it's a huge thing full of puppets. The puppets are cute, but it's like, if Sesame Street, like, wasn't worth anyone's time, fucking, the puppets wouldn't be able to save it. You know what I mean? It only works because everything works, including the puppets. So that's my take on puppets. <laughs> um... I also uh, vaguely thought I was going to be, oh, no, I vaguely thought I was going to be um, a puppeteer. Yeah, I was just kind of throwing shit at the wall. I was just like, hey, man, whatever, you know what I mean? The least one on this list, which I think I will end with here, is Diana the Musical. Apparently, it's a campy, dishy, pop rock clip job of tabloid moments from the life of Diana, Princess of Wales. Mmm. Ooh. Ooh. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I, you know, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm a fan of Princess Diana. I, you know, she struggled a lot with, like, uh, you know, bulimia and self-harm and that sort of thing. So it's kind of like, that's what I think of when I think of her, in addition to the the car creation, all the conspiracy theories, and also, honestly, the Beanie Baby. Because for a while there, I really did think Beanie Babies were going to be, like, how I make my life savings. And it's also like, I never fucking bought any. And then also, they're too cute. I wouldn't be able to part with them even if I did. And if I had a special rare one, it would just be even cuter. So fucking, <laughs> they never worked out for me. But um, I don't know. I, I there's a you know it's, it comes down to a lot of what I was saying with a lot of these things where it's like there's a way to to do the message. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that like everything's with limits. It's not what I'm saying at all. It's just kind of like also like just using tabloid moments. I don't know because like sometimes tabloids get things wrong. You know, like you have to if you're gonna do it funny, you gotta fucking go for the nines. You know what I mean? Instead of being like the tabloids, you know, like 
if you go with something extreme, if you go with, like, camp, you gotta go all the way. You know what I mean? And, like, all the way, but also, like, don't be a dingus about it. Basically, that's just how I view comedy as a whole. Go all the way, but don't be a dingus about it. And also, comedy also works when you go all the way in a direction that's not supposed to be comedy. It falls flat because you were being a dingus about it, and it's like, that's why it's funny. That's why all these musicals are funny. That's why bad film works. You know what I mean? So, um, well, now I know. Now I have my fucking answer. Like, straight up, bad plays exist. <laughs> and I kind of always knew that, but now we super, super know that, and I think that's great. So... Yeah, thanks for hanging out with me, you guys. This was this was chill. Uh, sorry, it was probably horrible. I th feel like it kind of fell apart towards the end there because I was trying to read off my phone while saying things to you guys. I try to do this kind of not knowing what I'm gonna see going into it. The only thing that I that I really looked into was the one about the moose murder because like I saw the way that they were talking about like all the shit that was going on, like, just the, the character descriptions and their, their purposes in the play, and I was like, okay, I gotta make sure, like, I know where they thought they were going with this, so they, like, I don't fuck it up, because they already fucked it up so bad, I gotta bring them back up to whatever ledge they, they brought themselves to, you know what I mean? So, anyway, thanks for hanging in with me. Uh, what's mine is now yours, what's mine is ours. And, uh, now we know plays suck. <laughs> now we just know plays can suck. So, Thanks for coming and uh, hanging out. Love you guys. I would say see you next time. This fucks me up every time. I'm not going to see you at all. It's fucking audio. But see you next time. Bye, guys.